The Latter-day Lives podcast is not owned or operated by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any opinions expressed or implied in this recording are solely those of the host and guests and not of any specific organization, unless otherwise stated. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 49 of the Latter-day Lives podcast. My name is Sean Rapier. Thank you so much for checking in with us again this week. Can you believe we're at episode number 49, just a few episodes away from the one-year anniversary show? Thank you so much to those of you who have sent out questions for the show or thoughts or comments. We're going to share so many of them uh, on the one-year anniversary show. It is not too late. If you want to hear your name read on the podcast, love to hear your thoughts. If you had a particular favorite guest or a comment or just anything at all related to the show, we're going to try to celebrate all of you, our listeners, as well as our guests and all those who have made the show possible on our one-year anniversary show. Please email me, sean at latterdaylives.com, S-H-A-W-N at latterdaylives.com, or through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is, we're putting the show together. Anything at all that you want to say about the show or know, just let us know if we can read your name or your username, or if you prefer to stay anonymous, that's great too. Okay, this week coming up for you on this program, wow, Bryce Randall is one of the most talented guys I know. And, you know, when I grow up, I want to be Bryce. He works for Disney, which is on my bucket list. Clint Pulver got me very sold on bucket lists and working for Disney at some point. The difference is I'll be helping you park your car at Disneyland, whereas Bryce, being so talented, he is an animation editor as well as a project developer for the Disney Corporation. He has been a friend of mine for a long time, and man, I someday I just want to be Bryce. We have a fantastic conversation coming up. I just, just love Bryce. He's the best. And this week in my Latter-day Life, I'm going to tell you a little bit about lessons I learned while swimming. Uh, that's all coming up for you, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's conversation. And my guest here in the Latter-day Live studios is someone I was planning on having on the show from the minute uh, we decided to do the podcast. He is an editor and does all kinds of effects and is kind of a Hollywood big shot. My guest is Bryce Randall. Bryce, welcome That's to the Q show. Bryce Randall, actually. Q no, Bryce Randall. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's Q Bryce Randall. My apologies. Uh, tell us what Q stands for. Uh, I'm named after my dad, which is uh, Quint Randall. He's a, a BYU professor. You'd have to have him on another time. Yeah, we've I'm, actually talked. Uh, Bryce's dad is going to come on to the show, and he's got a fascinating life himself. He, he does. And we can. I'll talk more about that he bet uh you know my dad goes by quint i'm quint bryce randall the second so i go by bryce yeah but i always i just joke around about you know quint is a great name by the way it's not that bryce isn't it's a very unique name and everyone always always what's great about working in la is that people go oh quint like jaws like jaws that's the first thing i thought of and then everyone here you know everyone and everywhere else is like is it quintin is quint short for quintin or is it just quint no, nope, it's just so you're Quint. Quint Bryce Randall. Have second, you, yes. Did you always go by Bryce though? Yeah, growing I've, up? I've always gone by Bryce. Yeah, and so on. You know, the first day of school, it's always very disheartening, and they're like Quint, Quint. I'm like, don't make fun. 
<laughs> and now that I'm older, I'm like, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty, pretty cool, cool name. Butcher Bryce. Yeah. So Bryce, uh, tell us, we're going to get into your young life in a minute, <laughs> but to just to get rid of all the suspense, tell us what company you work for. Uh, I work for Walt Disney Studios uh, under the television animation department. So, so awesome. Yeah. My envy is running absolutely wild. Um, avid listeners of the show will know I'm a huge Disney fan. And uh, that's one of the things that Bryce and I connected on. Uh, by the way, a little bit of backstory. Bryce and I first met on a project called Mormon Mythelaneous. Yeah. Bryce was an editor for it. I was the uh, host of the show. It was a documentary. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, it, it ended up in Deseret Book. It was sort of a Mythbusters for yes. the Mormon set. Yeah, it was really fun. And Yeah, and you edited that. It was a fun project. I think that project was doomed from the name. I know. It's it's funny because it's a Mormon Mythelaneous was... It's a really kind of fun name. It's a fun name. But like... But no one knew what it was. Yeah, no one knew what it was. It was on... I think it was on in between conference sessions and... Yeah, they showed that, it in between. That was like... I loved that stuff. Yeah. Because it was, was like we busted the the rumor that Yoda was based on President Kimball. Yeah. By and you're a big Star a Wars fan. Yes, I'm a huge Star Wars yeah. fan. Yeah. And... Um, and then we talked about like Alice Cooper's grandfather was yeah. a member of the Bickertonite yeah. branch of the LDS church. So a somewhat connection. Yeah, yeah so there's we, like all these weird connections. We explored all these myths, including the one we didn't show. If you remember, we shot uh, whether or not you can boil a frog by boiling yes. slowly. Yeah. And we had a scene where it made I it look a, like... I had B-roll of that. <laughs> they were like, okay, it. so there's water in a frog, but you know... We never Nothing's actually killed there. a frog, yeah. Then yeah. we decided to pull it. But yeah, it got shown in between conference, and that was fun. That'd but, be a great podcast. Yeah. Mormon Mythelaneous. Yeah, Mormon Mythbusters. Yeah. yeah there yeah. are plenty of them out there. There so. are. And, you know, you find out more and more. When I was, um, I did a summer associate thing at Disney when I, oh, yeah. when I was still at BYU. And um, on my second day, it was June 1st, which is Brigham Young's birthday. Yeah. And... So my boss, not LDS, mm. she goes, did you know that Brigham Young's hearse is in front of the Haunted Mansion? No way. She had and heard that. And that's in the show. <laughs> that's in Mormon Mythelaneous. So I was actually like, oh, that's really funny that you've heard that. And the thing that's hard about when people who aren't LDS want to share Mormon myths with you is that you have to be so like, oh, I'm so glad that you brought that to me. Yeah. Not because you're like, because I'm going to break your heart. I Unfortunately, right. I'm about to destroy your hopes and right. dreams. Right. You have to be like, that's isn't that crazy that that's, like, like, that's a thing? I was like, I actually did a project about, we, we debunked some of that. One of them, you know, said that that's what it was. It's not true. It's because it's from the Young Family Mortuary yeah. from Utah, blah, 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 blah. The, the Brigham Young one was the most heartbreaking one because you and I are both huge Disneyland fans. I know. You want it to be so uh, true. You want it to be true. And every time I see it, I go, why couldn't it have been? But then the easiest part of the debunking was it was like we thought we were going to go on this big journey as to is it true, is it not? Right. And then like you read one paper that there was no hearse. Right. Right. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like. You're like, oh. oh. I, I was on a Disneyland trip and took pictures that b-roll is from my oh is it really? my mom's canon uh, dslr <laughs> that i was like i'll get i'll get some b-roll for this i'll go to disneyland you know oh that's so great yeah that was a really that was a fun project yeah. but let's take it back to the early life yeah of q bryce randall the young days yeah tell us where you're from and a little bit about your family i'm, I'm from all over uh i will claim southern california as my home because i lived i was you know i tell 
I'm a BYU baby. My yeah. parents are at BYU. Mm. My mom is a costume designer. My dad's a oh, journalist. I'm yeah, my mom, my mom to me, my mom worked on Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. What? And did costumes. No way. And she also did a dress for somebody who was nominated for an Academy Award. She, you know, that is she would awesome. Be correcting me right now. So you've got like, some oh, showbiz cred. And she once did an outfit for Billy D. Williams. Oh, and Lando so, Calrissian. Lando Calrissian. I wow. Know. And so, um, so my mom did that at BYU, and you know, and you know, my parents grew up in LA as well. They grew up in Chatsworth and Northridge. Mm. Didn't know each other, but were in neighboring wards. Cool. And um, my dad, we all moved back to you know that area when I was one, and then. My dad worked in uh, music. He worked on a music magazine. He started his own cool. music magazine called Gig Magazine. He started a hockey magazine called Hockey Player Magazine. <laughs> it's and, so um, awesome. I know. And so I remember my dad doing all these ra- weird projects growing up and being like, when I'm a dad, I'm just going to have one job and not yeah. You thought crazy. that was cool. I'm yeah. going to have one job. I'm going to have one job and that's, that's what funny. I'm going to I'm just going to be happy. And now that I'm older i'm like that's not how creativity you're works. involved in 50 different things yeah exactly you, have to be. you find you have out to be. that you know you yeah. gotta you gotta do the creative itch you know yeah um, so you you primarily call southern california home and it's yeah. currently home you live in it is southern currently california. home i do live in southern you california. actually work at walt disney studios yep so it's the, so the dream amazing. i imagined no um it's the dream i imagined yeah i just never got there. well and so that's what was so heartbreaking when I moved to Michigan, of all places, when I was yeah. ele- when I was almost twelve, mm. my dad got his PhD at Michigan State. Yeah, and I was like, Michigan, like what is what is in Michigan? Right, and then I Corn remember flakes. I would call Disneyland <laughs> during the summer just so I could listen to the hold music. <laughs> Isn't that so sad? Oh, I, would call, I love and it I, though. I never got in trouble for it, but I was like, I'm going to get busted for these long distance calls. Yeah, long distance. 15. But I'd be like, but Hi, you... what's your summer schedule? Like hoping just, that we would go visit Grandma and Grandpa. Yeah. And be like, oh, they're playing the Mad Tea Party sounds right yeah. now, you know. I used to I used to clip Disneyland ads in oh, the newspaper, yeah. People magazine, whatever, whatever my parents had around. I if there was a Disneyland ad and I'd save them. And I actually took some of the Disneyland ads on my mission. Oh, and I just bust them out and just look through because this is all pre internet. Yes, yeah. you know. Yeah. So totally. you're you're in Michigan. Did you move yeah. back I moved, to and then I moved to Utah? My junior year of high school, I went to Timpanogos High School just yeah. down the road. Timpanogos High School. And that was is... another like, I'm gonna I'm the one of the only Mormons in my high school, and you're gonna take me away and make me <laughs> I'm a good influence here. Yeah. You, you know, you were the early influence. You moved to Utah? <laughs> you know. And then I met my wife in high school. So oh, awesome. I can't you know, now it's come full circle and Yeah. And uh we, you know, went to BYU. I went on my mission to Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Yeah. And, Which, uh, by the way, is the same mission my wife served in. Oh, really? I my didn't wife know that. also served in Rio. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. A few years before you, yeah, but, but you yes. know, yeah, she was there ninety one to ninety three. It definitely no, it's ninety to ninety two. I felt, and I don't know if this is something that you know. Before I went on my mission, I so my wife, who was my girlfriend in high school, she uh, we had lunch one day and I was waiting to go on my mission. I had my call out. Like yeah. I was waiting for my papers and blah, blah, blah. And we were having lunch at my house and she was still in high school. She was a senior in high school. Mm. And she was like, do you want to bless the food? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, dear, blah, 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 blah. and I was like, and bless me that I won't go to Brazil. No way. Yeah. Because <laughs> everyone was going to Brazil. And I was like, I want to go to like Czech, 
or I want to go yeah. to Finland because my dad, having grown up in a hockey magazine household, yeah. I was like, well, I kind of still want to work in NH. Maybe I want to do NHL, yeah, and do something. And I'll be. My dad went to Montreal, so when he was mm, in LA, big hockey Quebecois to all the yeah. French Canadian hockey players, he got That's just great cool. respect. Sure, you know. And so I was like, well, I'll be. I'll go learn this crazy yeah. other, uh, you know, other language from Europe, and then I'll be that guy. And so I got yep. my call, and it was like Brazil, Rio de Janeiro. I was like, I'll take it because of all the Brazil missions. Yeah, in I Rio, like, I mean, Rio, you're right geez. in the city, and you yeah. get to see the cool, big, stacked up favelas and the, right. the right. downtown the Christ statue and, yeah. and the sugar loaf. There's all these things. So at that moment, that was a good yeah. like punch in the. Punching the whatever, yeah. punching the shoulder yeah. the, of the Lord. The being Lord like, saying, I, 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 I got I'm going to take care of it. I, I got yeah. it. How about I choose where you go? <laughs> right. And then it ends up being the best yeah. place you could have ever asked. I, I was, I, I similar, I, uh, you know, everyone was being called to South America. And I was yeah. kind of like this, I don't want to go to South America. Yeah. And then right before I got my call, my friend Marino, uh, no, it was after I got my call. He ended up getting called to the Finland mission, which was Russia. Yeah. But it was a Helsinki, Finland mission. And I was like, man, that's so cool. I want that. Then I get called to Chile. Right. And I was like, come on. But then, of course, it's best best. And that's right. You went with Brian Gibson, right? Yeah. Another Hollywood. I forgot. Yeah. We should have Brian on the show. Yeah, you should. So Brian was one of my, he's, he's, uh, well, he does a lot of writing and all kinds of stuff. I had lunch with him nine months ago. Did you really? Yeah. 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 So Brian and I were together a ton. I mean, we were super close. I always knew he'd do something really yeah. creative because he is a very, very talented guy. Yeah, he's great. But uh, yeah, so we were down in Chile together and of course, best best thing ever. So you, you serve a mission, you come home from your mission. Mm-hmm. What's the path from there? Uh, went to BYU, did media arts, yeah. which is the way of saying film. Yeah, uh, what uh, that, that was the question. What all... Yeah. So, so I've had several filmmakers on the show mm-hmm. and directors have universally said, don't go to film school if you want to be a director. That's a, a, every one of them. Right. I'm not a director. Mm-hmm. I actually think, and I haven't had him on the show, but I'm planning to, I think our mutual friend, Jacob Haney, might disagree oh, yeah. with that. Uh-huh. But but other directors, several of them have said, no, you can learn film on your own. You can. But you went in specifically did. to editing. Did you did you know you wanted to do the editing side of things when you yeah, were doing I media did. arts? I did. I jumped right in and I was like, I want to edit. I don't want to work for Disney. And I flew you through You didn't want to work for Disney. No, I do want to. Oh, I do. I was I, like, and I want to work for Disney. I want to work for Disney, yeah. And uh, which I think was kind of funny to some of the professors because it was like, we've got a boy who wants to go to corporate, you know, uh, and go work for the machine. You know, oh yeah, and because there's just there's a, an interesting stigma once you once you work for Disney, people are polite when they find out that that's what you do. But sometimes it's like that's a faceless, unethical, blah 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 company. And the thing is, is like while that may be true in some areas, they take really good care of me. Yeah, and so I can't. I'm sure. I can't. I have there are a lot of nice little say. side benefits, right, to working for Disney that I've yes. seen through you and a few other friends. In yep. fact. Yeah. So, yeah, I one of the things I love to do for uh Disney is I participate on their triathlon team. Yeah. And we raise money for Children's Hospital of Los Angeles so for cool. cancer research. Yeah. So that's one thing I'm doing right now is I'm raising funds for You've gotten for way into biking. I have. Yeah, Bryce and I are friends on Instagram and Facebook and everything else. I have. I 
you know, I wanted to go to a biking mission too. Yeah. Because I, in Michigan, one of the things that we did was we did like a 200 mile bike ride around the coasts of Michigan. Hmm. We touched three Great Lakes. How cool. Went to Mackinac Island. If anyone's from that part, you know that like it's an island uh, that you have to ferry to and there's no cars allowed on the island. Oh, wow. It's an eight mile loop. I, I've never been there. Anyway, it's famous for its fudge. Oh. So if you're ever in Michigan, ask Mackinac for Mackinac fudge. Island fudge. Yeah. Can but, you um, still can you still when people ask you where you're from can you still point to your hand? Yes, I can. I right right, right in the middle of your hand. Yeah, yeah, I do that in sacrament meeting. Yeah, because it's such like a this is my friend. You know, I lived in Michigan yeah. right here, and people. How many people know that? Do a lot of people uh, know you that? get like ten percent? Yeah, I worked for a company based out of Detroit, and so my big thing when we'd all go out to dinner, we take out customers from Michigan or from the Great Lakes area, and they'd all be walking around or sitting around the table pointing at their hands. Yeah. I'm from here and I'm from here. And basically, if you don't know what we're talking about, the Great Lakes kind of form a, a hand yeah. and you point to where you are in the hand. And if you're from the area, you know what that means. And so then they, it would all come around to me. I was the only Utah. <laughs> now you, I'm a Californian, but now a Utah yeah. sitting at the table. And so what I would do is I'd dump a little bit of salt on the table, get my straw and dump some water on it. And I'd say, <laughs> if this is... If this is the Great Salt Lake, I live here. <laughs> and That's pretty good. I thought it was really I haven't clever. Heard, I haven't so. heard of that one before. No, I had to make it up while, while we that. were there. Please do. Please do. That is an open source joke. That's great. So, um, so you end up coming back. Now, yeah. as you mentioned, you were dating your wife, Nancy. Yeah, I was dating Nancy. In high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you come back and you just knew you know, I, this is it. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. It's all going to work out. And... For the most part, some stuff really worked out. I um, I was able to do a summer associate position at Walt Disney Studios in 2006. Yeah. And um, for any of you who want to go into film, the reason I got that position was other than submitting. I specifically took a class at BYU called MCOM 320. It's business writing. MCOM 320. It's in oh. the business school. It's an advanced writing credit. Okay. And my professor, uh, Melissa Wallentine, she her sister was a makeup artist. Oh. I didn't know this until later, but I was like, look, I'm trying to write good cover letters and resumes yeah. just so I can get this internship. Do you think that that really helped you? Absolutely. Really? I think that, you know, you said directors say don't go to film school. I'm going to come back to that in a second. But the most beneficial class for my career in film, but outside of film, was that business writing. Awesome. It was huge. So she, I would get help and say, I really want to write this cover letter. Like, how do I, I had met some people at Disney just through my own networking, but I didn't want to drop names. And she was like, well, this is how you write. How you drop names without dropping names. Yeah, Yeah. essentially it was. It was like, based on what I've heard about the program from so-and-so, you expect this kind of behavior. Yeah. And so that got my position. And then I, she was like, do you have a contact at Disney? And I was like, well, I met this one guy. I met uh, through another LDS guy named Josh Harmon, who teaches screenwriting around here. He was super helpful. Um, he pointed me to somebody in post-production, and I sent my resume to him. Then that guy turned my resume in. So, so that helped a ton. It was a great series of events. Yeah. And um, anyway, I... Uh, showed up to the interview. All everyone else called in mm. to, to. They were at Boston College, Michigan, blah blah right. blah. 
I was at BYU. They're like, we'd like to make your interview on Thursday. And it was Monday. And I was like, well, that's great. I'll be there. And they're like, oh, no, you can just do phone. I was like, no, I'm going to drive no, down. I'm going to show up. So I came they and that so impressed, impressed them that. so much. Yeah. They were like, you really want this. I was like, I want this more than you could When I was realize. a kid, freezing right. in Michigan. It's, it's always like this weird borderline where you don't want to be yeah. like, I'm so obsessed with you. I'm so You're Disney. like creeper. Yeah. yeah. But you also want to be like, I'm going to appreciate this more than anyone else's. Yeah. And so I got that spot. So we did that. Oh, that's so cool. Got that internship. And they're like, we're going to get you this job after you graduate. Were you Were you and Nancy already married at this time? Yeah, we were. So Nancy and I dated my senior year, her junior year. She waited for me, which we don't recommend to people. Yeah. But it worked out for us. Yeah, sure. And we obeyed, all, we obeyed all the rules. Yes. You know. And uh, um, that we got married six months later, like a typical, Perfect. it's always funny. Cause people are like, you got married after six months. It was like, well, we've been dating slash writing for three and a yeah. half years. But you could answer the whole thing just by saying, well, we're Mormon. Right. Right. And right. then it doesn't yeah, everyone matter. Everyone else, everyone, it's funny. Cause the more, the, I feel like the Mormons care more like so yeah. six months, you yeah. know? Um, that's funny. Anyway, they, um, so you get to Disney. Were you just pinching yourself when you got this? I this was, internship? I was. And, um, they were like, we're going to put you on three projects. We want you to, one, uh, I was focusing on post-production because I want, knew I wanted to do editing. They were like, we're going to have you uh, help out with Santa Claus 3 mm. and um, Enchanted. Oh, wow. And Pirates of the Caribbean 2 and 3. And I was like, can I just do Pirates 2 and 3? Can I just do Pirates? And they were like, "Yeah, well, yeah, if you want. And I was really? like, well, I'll go to Santa Claus for like a day or two. I went to a test screening my first week of Santa Claus 3. Wow. It's like very different. You know, they take you out to a random theater out in the middle of Thousand Oaks, which, you know, wasn't close enough to Burbank. To was, it the, was it the up and down thing or was it just a survey after? It was like a survey after. Yeah. So I went and I just like witnessed them getting set up and I saw like the crazy stress that people have and, you know, whether the movie's playing well or not. And I was kind of like, this one doesn't seem as fun as, you know. Uh, pirates and pirates. I didn't, you know, I was on my mission when Pirates One came out. Yeah, but I, it was one of those movies that I saw the trailer before I left. Yeah, and then it was gone. I was taking pictures with the posters, you know, in Brazil, and then wanted. To, it was one of the first movies I saw when I got home. Pirates is special because it's Disney and it's Disneyland, right? And you know, there are people like me who have strong feelings about the integration into the ride. Yeah, however. You know, it's just... And here's some Mormon miscellaneous for you. Yeah, That was developed by three LDS guys. What? Yeah, so uh, Brigham Taylor, who's a huge... Wait, is Brigham Taylor LDS? I know. (laughs) So I I put out an email to a bunch of LDS people while I was at Disney. I was like, hi, I'm here from BYU. Can anyone talk to me? And Brigham Taylor was the first person that responded and was like, I have an office in this building. Come talk to me. So I go to his office and I get to know him. He's super, super nice. Oh, that's so and cool. And I came back to my boss's office and they're like, where, where were you? I was like, I was talking to Brigham Taylor. They're like, oh my gosh, how do you know? Br-? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that like, makes sense. Like, like <laughs> how are we going to, you know? Do you so, know if his middle name is Joseph? Because that's the only I don't know. thing that I'll would find make out. his name I'm more I'm going to find out. That's Brigham, great. Brigham Taylor. What so a he great produced Mormon the Jungle name. Book, the new Jungle Book movie. Oh, and he, phenomenal. And the Christopher Robin movie. The new, the new one that's coming out or the John Favreau? No, the John Favreau one. And then the Christopher ago. Robin movie that's coming out in August yeah. he also produced. And then uh, Josh Harmon was another. Uh, yeah, and right. then uh, Scott Elder, so who's awesome. Josh's writing partner. So that if you read great. the 
book that's like from the ride to the movie, they're credited in there with being like Disney internal development. How awesome. Yeah. So how was it actually doing work on Pirates of the Caribbean? Uh, it was, you know, I was the intern. So there was this uh, funny stigma about, you know, th- what was great was that you got to sit in the edit room. And so mm. I was sitting there while the editors were going and I had done internships at like LDS motion picture studio yeah. and BYU broadcasting. And basically I was like, well, I'm just going to sit here and not say anything. I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. And after like three days, uh, Steve Rivkin, who's, uh, you know, he edited avatar. Wow. And, uh, uh, so many, a uh, couple Mel Brooks films and down the road, I found out he's my mentor's mentor. He's just, he's the, he's the head of the motion picture editors guild, you know, American citizen editors, blah, blah, blah. Jeez. I'm in his room just like watching him do stuff. And he goes, you ever going to ask anything? And I was like, well, I just didn't want to get in. I didn't want to <laughs> get in trouble. He's they like, well, how are you going to learn unless you ask anything? Wow. And I was like, he's like, do you want me to walk you through this scene? I was like, Yeah. So he's like, so let me show you how this scene works. And this is on Pirates 3 before I've seen Pirates 2. And so at that point, I was like, I guess this is the life I'm going to live is Spoilerville. Yeah. Like, you can't care anymore about certain things because you're going to know who is what or what happens before. So on another day, I went and saw Pirates 2. We were doing test prints for Pirates 2. They were going to send these test prints for the premiere in, like, France and the premiere in the UK. And they're like, all right, let's start with real five. And you're like, wait, real five? Do we not to start with real one? And they're like, no, that's not how this works. And you're like, oh, I get to start watching the middle of the movie first? So we watched real five, real five, real three, real four, real one, real six. And so I'm just like piecing it all together. I don't Why? think I saw Why it. Why did they do it that way? They just, it's just whatever. Just what they do. The inventory. Well, we were doing it at Technicolor. What they had. And it was like what mm. they had ready. Mm. So. That's anyway. amazing. Um, do do yeah. you ever when you're editing stuff for Disney? Do you ever meet the actors? Uh, sometimes Are they ever involved. Um, I've worked in feature and television. Um, feature, it depends on how it's it's set up. So I'll walk through animation editing really fast. Cause yeah, because right now are you you're doing more animation? I do just mostly animation, strictly animation, and yeah. I've yeah. fallen in love with it. I didn't do animation at BYU. I did film, but I wanted to get into editing and then while i was at that disney internship they were like don't do animation it takes forever it takes like three <laughs> years and it's really cons- and it's consistent but oh my gosh and i was like three years sounds like a really nice job because <laughs> the way job that it works security. i don't like on other shows when you work on pirates of the caribbean you work for pirates of the caribbean you don't work for oh, disney oh wow i there didn't isn't, know that and it's not like the old time studio with walt and whatever the contract you have a job the studio you work system. for the director the yeah. director is your boss. When the director goes to a different show, you either follow that director or you find your own show. You try to find another job. And so what actually helped me with that was my mission, was mm. going from person to person. When you run uh, out of, when you baptize or lose an investigator. Keeping your pool going. you got to keep your pool going. <laughs> and so it was like, all right, well, let's uh, talk to him. Hey, do you have a referral? You know, what do you, are you oh, that's you're awesome. not interested? What about your friend? You yeah. know? And so that taught me more than anything how to be a film networking guy. But um, so uh, getting back to that's, you know, you jump from job to job. I went into animation because I was like, well, maybe it'll be a little bit more stable. And then I got a taste of it. And uh, Darren Holmes uh, invited me to work on The Crudes at DreamWorks. Which is such a fun movie. It was like Darren Holmes edited Iron Giant, Ratatouille, uh, Lilo and Stitch, How to Train Your Dragon, and he uh, was very, very nice. And I 
said, hey, you know, I can do some After Effects. Being in Utah here, I was like jack of all trades. You yeah. have to be. Yeah. And so the, doing and effects, meanwhile, in titles. California, they're like, wait, you can do X, Y, and Z? Because like, everyone's well, a I specialist. Have to. Yeah. Right. And so I went on and helped with Crudes, and that was my first real taste of animation. And the thing that's so... So when you're doing animation, you're an editor, people assume that shots just come from the animators who paste them together. Mm. And the editor on feature and television is one of the first people on and the first people off the show. Really? Which is why the job lasts for so long. You're basically a part of the script writing process. And so um, when you're working in live action, it's like you're sculpting marble. Okay. When you've made something, that's it. If you mess up, you got to figure out how to build around that. Right. 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 Whatever footage you shot, is the footage because they shot. can't go reshoot right. just because you don't have unless exactly it's, unless you you're solo you can't just go reshoot three fourths of the movie <laughs> right. no unless uh, you got Ron Howard yeah, saying exactly let's just reshoot we'll, we'll just reshoot it. it yeah you know and so people always say you know we'll fix it in post well editors hate to hear that because you're like no no prepare and then that really means right. Bryce will fix it right. in post right yeah so animation is like sculpting with clay you can figure out what you want you can build something, create something and go, I need to get a bunch more clay. This is going to look better if it's a, you know, a, a sculpture with two people versus one mm. or whatever. And you can start over. And you're giving that feedback to the director or yeah, to the so, animators? Uh, I don't interact very much with the actual animators. Okay. So in feature, you start out, you work with uh, the writer and then a story team. Story team does all the storyboards. They draw everything. They'll also get a script or an outline that says, in this moment, uh, this needs to happen. This character, like, for example, Incredibles. I'm going to go yeah. back to the first one. Um, they'll be like, we need Mrs. Incredible to break into Syndrome's lair. What are five different fun ways we could do this? Oh, okay. And so they'll board out some ideas, gags, and pitch some ideas to the story team. And nine times out of ten, everyone will be like, oh, my gosh, that was so great. That was so great. Let's send it to editorial. And then you send it. And we cut it together without the energy of the person presenting the item. Oh, okay, right. And then they go, this is working a lot better when so-and-so was pitching yeah. it. There's actually a great featurette on the Inside Out Blu-ray about animation editing. Okay, um, cool. It's like five minutes. but So that's what we do from storyboards, and we figure out what part of the movie is working and which part isn't. And then once you redo a sequence more or less seven, eight times maybe, mm. a sequence is like a three-minute part while you're making the movie. Getting back to your question about whether we meet the actors is that in feature, editorial will go to those sessions oh, right. and go, we've recorded this in Scratch, Scratch being like the practice or the what we're track, doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, in this way, because the director has so many other things going on between art department, character design, blah, 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 story meetings, that editorial is there to make sure that we're getting the performance that we know that we need and more. And so we're never, you know, we don't read the, reread the lines to the actors, you know? Yeah. So we've met, I've met some fun people. Um, and then in TV, we'll go every once in a while. Who are some of the actors people might know who you met? Uh, Jennifer Garner, Jeffrey Tambor, Matthew Broderick over Skype. Um, John Oliver over Skype. Cool. Um, I'm a huge see. Matthew Ken Broderick Jung. fan. You know, Ken, oh, Ken, Ken Jung. Jung. Yeah. Nicest guy. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's very funny. I, I edited a web series for Neil Patrick Harris. He was oh, cool. super, super kind. 
Um, I waited. I didn't meet. I worked with him over email, giving feedback. I never sat with him in person. Yeah. And then at the rap party, I waited around to just introduce myself. Cool. And he gave me and my wife the biggest hug. Was super, super. Pl- he was like, "I appreciate all the last minute changes. Don't like you love from the that? bottom of my heart. Like you made this cool. project for me." So, um, yeah, those are a couple of the more recent people that we've met. And then at work, every once in a while, we see people walking around yeah. the hall. Sure. You know, we see Bill Farmer, who does Goofy's oh, wow. voice. Yeah, yeah, if you follow Donny Osmond on Twitter yeah, and see when he met Goofy at Disney, I was giving Donny the tour. Oh, were of, you really? Yeah. His son is works with us. So you gave Donny Osmond a tour of Disney, of Disney Studios? TV, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. So Chris, his son, uh, works with me. He's a sound uh, mixer. And so he Very works on the cool. same project with me. Yeah. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. On your career, your 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 track, you finished your internship with Disney, but that didn't lead to a job with Disney at the time. No, there was a writer's strike. Yeah. And it totally threw off my, you know, I was like, hey, I'm going to get this job at Disney as soon as this is over. And the day I finished, Disney laid off 600 people. 600 and so, people. 600 people. So you're thinking, I'm, I'm not getting And I was this like, job. well, I'll figure it out somehow. And they were like, we'll probably have jobs that will... They, what they had was an apprentice editor position. And they stopped doing those positions at that point. Wow. They just kind of said, we don't need apprentices anymore. Since, since things are more digital and not on film, so we don't did need this, to teach these sort of things. Did this bring you and Nancy then back to Utah? Yeah, I came to finish my last semester at BYU. I got a spot. I got an opportunity to potentially go work on the Enchanted Crew instead of finishing school. And I was like, if I don't finish school... Yeah, you'll never like, will. And then for the next five, six years, that haunted me. Because I was trying to find a job back at Disney and nothing ever worked out. Mm. And then the people that had promised jobs or it you know, encouraged that I would find something, got laid off, switched studios. And I was like, I'm back to square one. And mm. so it totally bummed me out. So I got, I kind of, uh, I didn't give up. I, I, what I found was I was going to be the big fish here for a little yeah, while. Yeah, you worked quite a bit out here. Yeah. I mean, you I, had pretty consistent I had work. Great, and... I had great work out here. I worked on 127 hours when it came yeah. to town. And um, Night Your Circus. Big movie, yeah. Yeah. Night Your Circus. And, was and a people, lot of Utah guys. Yeah, and people will... I, I love working with Kurt Hale and Hailstorm. Yeah. I totally, I still text Kurt every once in a while. Oh, yeah. I will send him scripts and get his advice. Kurt is one of my favorite directors I've ever worked with. Awesome. He is awesome. He really is. So, Kurt, for our listeners, Kurt did uh, the Singles Ward and Church Ball and... In uh, RM, yeah. The RM and the Home Teachers. Yep. And he kind of kicked off that wave of Mormon comedies. I got to work with Kurt and Dave on um, Latter-day Night Live yeah. was a special that they put together with Hailstorm. Kurt is, and by the way, that's universal. I've yes. never heard one person speak one word of ill about Kurt. He, he's just a phenomenal guy. He was like the standard of directors for me to work yeah. with for a while because he. I was young when I was working with Kurt. I was like pretty much fresh out of film school. You worked on... The single second. Word. Yeah, I worked on Your single second word. I worked on another movie that he was consulting on, um, and then I worked on just really random projects. There was something yeah. else I worked on too. I can't remember. I worked you, on Church Ball behind the scenes. Stuff. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, with my cousin Cameron Randall, who's uh, here in locally. I just I know that you were a big working. There are certain working film guys who yeah. just 
you always know they're dialed in with everybody. Yeah. And then what took you back out to California? So my uncle, my I, I was trying everything to get back down there. I'd go bum on people's couches. <laughs> I worked on three weeks on the crudes. I thought, this is it. I finally got I'm back, back in. in. And I would tell people I lived there. I used an old friend's address from California, and I mm. got an 818 phone number. And I did everything except move down there because it was so expensive. And yeah. so my uncle put out his contacts and he was like, oh, I have a mission companion who um, uh, said he, that he'll meet with you. And his name was Christian Jacobs. And for those of you who know who Christian Jacobs is, he's the MC Bat Commander from the Aquabats. Wow. And I knew that they were mission companions and I had heard about Yo Gabba Gabba. And he was kind of like, I can help you. Maybe you can be a PA on Yo Gabba Gabba when it started. And I was like, I watched some of it and I was like, this is really weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if I want to do a preschool show. So going back to really quickly, the Aquabats, since, yeah. we, since we dropped it here, Aquabats, uh, two of the members, three of the members are LDS. Yeah. It, um, I mean, the membership varies. Yeah. And, and they've, well, yeah, I mean, they've like had, the membership of the Aquabats. Of the Aquabats. Not like they've in had their Travis church. Parker. No, yeah, Travis Barker was one was, was original. The yeah, he did the Aquabats um, before Blink-182. But uh, the, the Aquabats are a ska band that dresses up. And uh, my personal theme song mm -hmm. is a song by the Aquabats called Super Rad. And uh, they had their own TV show for a while. Yeah. But yeah. then they were heavily involved in Yo Gabba, Yo Gabba Gabba. So Christian Jacobs and Scott Schultz were the executive producers. And they're both LDS guys out of Orange County. And Yo Gabba Gabba is a very psychedelic. It is. I mean, it, it almost <laughs> takes, you know, when I was a kid... We had the Croft Superstars. Yes. Yeah. And this is like the Croft Superstars in Technicolor. But it's almost yeah. tongue in cheek. Well, it's funny because when people find out I worked on Yo Gabba Gabba and that a lot of the crew members were. So I had no idea. When I, when I got there and I interviewed and I got the job and they didn't know I was. In, I think that Christian and a couple of other guys knew that I was up here, but the rest of the crew didn't. So I was like faking while I was moving down here. And I get there and I'm like, well, I'm here I am, the only Mormon again. And then it's like Christian's two brothers, Parker and Tyler, who are both amazing artists. Parker did uh, the Paul Frank Julius the Monkey. He designed oh, really? that guy. Yeah. No way. Yeah, he's amazing. And it's incredible. And then um in the other editor, Aaron White, he was LDS. I had met him at lowly uh for a little a bit of a whole bunch BYU. of Mormons on this. And then psychedelic uh, Mossy, the the Watney brothers, Mossy, who is does the voice of Broby. Um, mm. he did a, an I'm a Mormon ad. Oh, they really? came and shot it while we were there. How cool. Yeah, amazing. So I'm getting there and I'm finding out all these other guys are LDS. And so when people, I round up and I'm like, yeah, like a third of the crew was LDS. So who were you working for when you were working with Yo Gabba Gabba? I would mostly work with Christian and Scott. But directors. I mean, company wise. So we were out in a place called Downey. Yeah. If you're from I know California, Downey well. you know Downey. Yeah. We were in the old NASA building. It's the Downey Studios. It doesn't exist anymore. It's this huge... If you've ever watched Yo Gabba Gabba, you'll know that in Gabba Land, they have different lands based on the characters. And the stage was one long stage, 120-foot something stage. Mm. And so we were in the space shuttle hangar, yeah. basically. And I got to work the first day, and they were like, today's first day, it's military day. And I was like, there's <laughs> dress-up days? And every day of production was a dress-up day <laughs> that went along with the theme. For the crew. For the crew. The crew is all dressing up to yeah, go along so with the like theme of the show. Yeah, so it was like Dead Celebrity Day was the next day. And Dead so people Celebrity were, Day. Yeah, like 
I kid you not, like, I was like, I, I don't know if I can handle this. Like, I didn't love, like, dressing up, like, in high school for spirit days. And here I am on a job where there's 70 days in a row wow. where there's dress up. And so there's pro wrestler day. And oh, I thought, like, so pro funny. wrestler day, what does this have to do with anything? And I think that that was a day that we had um, uh, Josh Holloway, who was Sawyer on Lost. Oh, yeah. He yeah, came and sure. he was the farmer. He did no a farm way. episode. And yeah, they had a lot of guest stars yeah. come through Yoga. Gabba. And it's funny because it, the show has huge respect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so by the time I went, you know, I had this opportunity to go be the lead editor of the show, I was like, geez, Yo Gabba Gabba. Like You're by that time, it had been on the while. Like the killers had been on. Yeah. Like all these people that I, you know, Anthony Bourdain was on the season before. Jeez. And so I totally jumped at the chance to go do it. And I, I loved it. I knew it was special at the time when I was on it. I didn't know how special. It was gonna be yeah. ten, you know, eight you years look later. Back at it, we and... the last day of one of my best memories um, is we had the last day of production. Uh, uh, the keyboard player from the Cars came. Oh, and he wow. sang uh, just what I needed with the oh whole crew gosh. during lunch. No, as way. they blasted it, and you know, sometimes when you're like with somebody, yeah, and you're like, that's the guy from the Cars. Yeah. And I said, let's play just what I needed. And you're like, he's going to hate that. You yeah. think that like, and he got all into it. His son's an Aquabats fan. And so Incredible. he came on and he played, um, you might think, on the ukulele for a oh cool trick gosh. segment. And he just called Nate. He's like, we want to clear this. And so he cleared it really fast and he played it. And I was just like, I can't believe I'm What here. an amazing experience. So Yo Gabba Gabba, I still work with um, the Schultz brothers, Ben and Scott. I do a lot of pilots with them. Yeah. And uh, commercials and Gabba. But we can't. We things. cannot glaze over Yo Gabba Gabba without no. pointing out that a very important character in Yo Gabba Gabba in 2013 was the character of the robot. <laughs> Tell us who played the robot. Oh yeah. In 2013. I'm like, who is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so on the Jason Bateman episode for Super Spies with Jason Bateman. Yeah, I I voiced the robot. I was not in costume, but I am the robot. But you're the voice of the robot. And, you know, I had done like plays and stuff in school. And what I found out in editorial going along the lines was that sometimes there's just not any other options. And so they were like, we just need someone to do do a voice really fast. And you never know if it's going to make it into the final thing. Yeah. And so I just did really dumb robot impressions. And they're like, oh, that worked great. We'll just leave it in. I'm like, I did it. Yeah. So, yeah, I really want to spend just one minute and if this is personal just for me. Yeah. Yeah. As you know, and I just showed you my embarrassing for a 46 year old man collection <laughs> of Tron memorabilia. You fit have, right in at work. I with have that a right there. massive collection. That's not all of it, but I have a big collection of, of Tron. You worked on the Tron Uprising TV yeah. series, which tragically Disney keeps. I know. They it's keep, so sad. They keep bringing Tron forward, and now we have New Hope because yep. the Tron rides, right. which are like the number one ride have you in gone, Shanghai. Have you done it? I, I haven't been to Shanghai. I, I'm like, the reason so, I want to go to Shanghai yeah. is for the Tron ride. Yeah, and when, I, so when they announce it's going to be at Disney yeah, World, it's gonna be at I'm Disney like, World. I guess I can wait. I know. and But that'll be the next Disney World trip. Oh, man. I So I am such a huge Tron nerd and fan that when the newest Tron movie came out, I rented out an entire movie theater and That's just amazing. invited all my friends 
because I absolutely love it. Yeah. So you had that experience, but you you were at Paramount for a while. I was. I I was on Tron Uprising, which is probably the show of all the shows I've spent a lot of time on. I spent a couple weeks on Phineas and Ferb and a couple weeks on Gravity Falls. Mm. And those are both amazing shows. Phineas and Ferb, I think, is the funniest. And I do air quotes on children's show. Right. Because it's, it's so, it's for everybody. It, it but I can, I can, I w- we watch it as a family. My teenagers, yeah. uh, Doofenshmirtz, the whole, it's so great. Everything about that show is funny. Everything, yeah, yeah it yeah. really is. And, and then, so, but then you left there. Yeah, I, I did. I got an opportunity. I was working on Kung Fu Panda three for a couple months, and Darren Holmes, who I had mentioned before from Crudes, was leaving DreamWorks to go start a new department at Paramount Animation, mm. and he asked me to come with him. And to help start, because I had worked in a smaller market and the bigger market, and he was kind of like, you know, starting a new studio, what needs to happen and what's a luxury, you know? (laughs) And so let's try and do this film. And so I was on a film called Amusement Park uh, for two and a half years. I met, I worked with Don Hahn, who produced Beauty and the Beast and Lion King. Like Don Hahn is legendary and was... um, he taught me a lot about creativity. Yeah. I was writing a book at the time called yeah. Mage- You Supported on Kickstarter. I, I um, was a Kickstarter supporter. Yeah. From the, you were, I think you book. were the second second person. I immediately kicked in for it. It was yeah. such a neat idea. Tell us the concept um, behind it. It's the book. a father son Disneyland guide. Yeah. And in retrospect, I think it gears more towards a lot of people who go very often versus yeah. somebody who might go once. It's a little somewhere. side missions. It's it a is. really fun book. I still have it. I have it upstairs. Yeah. And um, it's little side things you can, like mini missions yeah. you can do, like goals. My son was in kindergarten at the time, and I we lived, Disneyland was in our word boundaries at this point. Yeah, amazing. And so you could see the fireworks and Tower of Terror from our back porch, and I created a summer project for him, which I he wrote you know, a chunk of the book too, um, giving his opinion on the kids' side of things. And so it was basically a way to say, you can be in charge of the day at Disneyland yeah. if you follow this these guidelines, you know, and they have themes based on the months and the rides change. Like what rides we recommend for summer are the rides that aren't, it's like Mr. Lincoln, yeah. the canoes, Tom Sawyer's I, Island I always stuff, say great know. moments with Mr. Lincoln is the most underrated attraction at it Disneyland. It really is. And it doesn't matter if it's a 10 out of 10 packed, they're closing the doors, you still will have a half-empty theater in there. Yeah. It makes me so sad. On yeah. a Disneyland note, uh, you know, I've, I think I've mentioned before on the show, my I have an office down in San Diego, and so I'm down there a lot, and I go up to Disneyland in the evenings at least once a month, yeah. usually twice a month. Bryce, you and I have the absolute worst timing. <laughs> it never I, I don't works know what out. It is. We're always texting each other. They're like, hey, we're going to meet I'll, up this time, right? I'll say, I'm going to be at the parks. Yep. And then Bryce's kids will get tired. They leave at 7. I get there at 7 15. Yep. And then I go on Wednesday and Bryce is there Thursday. One of these times we'll yep. connect. I know. We're going to figure it out sometime. We'll, we'll, do it, we'll do it one of these times. But so you spent some time at Paramount, but you're back at mm-hmm. Disney. I'm back at Disney. Us. I had the opportunity to go back to Disney, and I, work, I worked on a show called Star vs. the Forces of Evil for uh, a year and a half. Mm. Maybe, you know, a full, full season three. I was there for the end of season two. Is that a Disney Channel it, show? It's a Disney XD show, oh, Disney and XD. I think it's moving over to Disney Channel right cool. now for the fourth season. Fun. So I worked on about 10 episodes of the fourth season, and, um, and then I was offered a position to go work in development. 
And so the more awesome. as my as my career has evolved, you know, when I was at BYU, I was like, I want to do editing. And then a couple years down the line, I was like, oh, I kind of like part of the excitement of working in animation when you rewrite these things and you re see how things evolve is that you go, oh, I kind of am helping write at this point too. And so I've yeah. been writing more. And so when I was offered this position to go into development and help creators figure out what their next project is going to be, yeah. uh, I was like, I, ha- I have to take this because A, it's a position that lasts a little more long. Like it's a yeah. more long-term position because yeah. there's always going to be shows that are developing, especially right. with this like Disney streaming service that's coming out You're not out project to project. Right. And so I'm working on a handful of projects at, at a time, which took me back to my Utah days of right. handling different things. And I was like, it kind of caters to me more. Yeah. And um, so now I help show creators figure out what their project is. Awesome. And uh, I've, I, I've loved that. It's hey, great. Yeah, I'll tell you one of the blessings, bringing things full circle to the theme of our show, um, which is amazing people who happen to be Mormon. I see how God has put you in the path of other members of the church and how you've been able to work with them and build relationships with them. But the other part of it is, you know, and I see this, you know, a lot of my friends are in the industry. Um, a lot of them are performers. Mm-hmm. And performers, you're living hand to mouth most of the time. Mm-hmm. And you are making very difficult decisions about whether or not to take a project yep. because of your values and your ethics. You have carved this career now where you know, other than the occasional Phineas and Ferb, wink, wink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, you, you know, it's so clean and yep. it's such a an uplifting, you're working on these uplifting positive things that creativity and children and so you get all the trappings of a fun production Hollywood career. I, I do. I'm, and yet you don't ever have to apologize to your kids or worry. No, no. I mean, I'm super blessed and very grateful for the position that I'm in. I think in overall, my experience in LA and in Hollywood has been very wonderful. I, so whenever I'll talk to BYU, UVU and whatever students, either at Skype sessions or one-on-one and I'll kind of mentor coach and stuff. And some people are very conflicted about coming down to LA, you know, whether they just grew up here and just don't know. And I, start out my conversation with them saying, if you don't want to go to LA, don't talk to me right now. Cause I'm going to be the worst person to yeah. talk to you out of it. Because between we've lived in three wards when we've been down there uh, in Anaheim, Burbank and Cerritos, and they've all been wonderful. There's yeah. wonderful artists. Awesome. There's wonderful people. And I, f- and I haven't really had like a really bad experience. Um, with anybody feeling persecuted every once in a while you get somebody, but yeah. they're so off the mark yeah, from so everybody rare. else that you're right. like, well, that guy's whatever. Yeah, you know that guy. And there was one guy I was working with who was like, we were talking, I was working with another uh, LDS guy named shark. We call him shark Gillens. His name's Mark, but I've known him since day yeah. one at BYU. And he was working on a crew with me and we were joking around about something. 
And the other guy in our crew was like, yeah, I remember, you know, when I was baptized into your church when I was 12, and we were like, what? What? Yeah. And so <laughs> you find out these things. He yeah. was like, well, yeah, my mom was trying to get the family back together, so we got we all got baptized into your church. We only went for a month or so, but that then you find amazing. out these connections with people, yeah. and so that's where I feel like, to be completely cheesy, Yeah. I feel like Heavenly Father has blessed me to be in the certain positions and to cross mm. over into people's lives, to be like just another human connection to somebody that, you know, like we would have never known that guy had been baptized or whatever, you know? Yeah. And so, but they finally go, oh, you're like, you're not like a, a crazy Mormon. You're just yeah. like a, which, you know, For some I'm going to be like, well, there's not. That. Right, there's, right. There, yeah, that, they haven't met anybody. That stereotype before. doesn't. Right. Yeah, I, I remember President Hinckley one time saying um, that that Utah is the port, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of important jobs to do on the docks, at the port, and whatnot, but most people are ships, yep. and ships are meant to be out at sea. Yep. And occasionally you're going to get battered a little bit, but for the most part, you're out on a mission, yep. and I see that in you. Bryce, this has been so wonderful. I can now check you off of my list. <laughs> Because you were you were on the list from the beginning, and you're such a, a good guy and so inspiring. I want to end the interview with the question that we ask all of our guests, uh, which is a very simple but can be complex question, which yeah. is, what does being a member of the church mean to you? Um, it's hard to not say anything besides, you know, everything. Yeah. Because the the, the gospel has been instilled, you know, being born of goodly parents. Yeah. Um, it's taught me, it's put me exactly where I am. And I, you know, my wife and I are in the middle of opening up a, the Bricks and Minifig store in Anaheim, yeah, which is a, a whole Lego other store. thing. Yeah. And we're doing that and I'm working and our kids are in the middle of school and there's performances and we're, we came up here for a family event. And I told my wife, I was like, wouldn't do it any other way. You know, could be easier, but it wouldn't overall. I'm really happy. Yeah. And I think that the gospel has taught me how to be happy. That's and, awesome. And, uh, you know, you can't really trade that for anything else. Well, film editor and now developer, Bryce, <laughs> it's a it's a fascinating life. And one of these times, we will go to Disneyland together. Yeah, we're going to... But we I was will... hoping we would do this from Club 33. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hope, one of yeah. these days. Yeah. So thank you so much for taking the time today and for sharing your Latter-day yeah, Life for with us. Me. Appreciate it. My thanks to my friend Bryce Randall. I Isn't Bryce the best? Thank you, Bryce, uh, for taking time out, especially during a family trip. I really appreciate it. And a little nice uh, glimpse behind the scenes of uh, movie and television magic. And what a talented and just energetic, incredible guy. Uh, This week in my latter-day life, uh, I decided to go swimming the other night. Not just swimming, but I decided to swim laps. It's one thing I really enjoy doing when I get the time and I belong to a local community pool. I like to go in the evening, 8 or 9 o'clock, and get into one of the lap lanes and uh, sort of just swim and clear my mind. One thing I love is... You know, I don't have waterproof headphones or anything, so I'm, I'm left with my own thoughts. And I just enjoy it. It's a good little workout. And as I was swimming the other night, 
you know, I, I swim quite a bit, but I've never been on a swim team. I'm not trained and, and I'm not in great shape or anything like that, but I was swimming and there were, there were two guys next to me in the lanes next to me. And boy, they just, they were powerful swimmers. And, uh, one of the guys was going a lot faster than I was. And I decided I wanted to see if I could swim as fast as he could. And so he took off at one point and I took off just right after him and I paddled my heart out. And I mean, I almost literally paddled my heart out because my heart was pounding so hard by about halfway through the length of the pool that I had to stop and I was wheezing and coughing up water. And I decided, you know what, maybe comparing myself was a really bad idea. So I took it easy and I, I swam at my own pace and decided that was great. And I started thinking, what am I good at in the water? And one thing I am good at, maybe I can't swim as fast as people, but I can hold my breath for a very long time. I started practicing holding my breath and getting comfortable with it. Some people, you know, I used to really panic when I'd hold my breath for a long time. Uh, but once I started scuba diving, I started practicing being comfortable having my, uh, holding my breath. And, and so what I did was at one end of the pool, I would push off and I would stay under the water as long as I could. And I'd sort of just really elegantly glide across the pool under the water. And I was thinking about how good I was at that. That was something I was really good at. And I started to feel really proud about how elegant I was and how graceful I was as I was gliding through the water. And as I was, I was thinking, what? There's, there's a fish that does this too, that barely moves, that just glides through the water. What is that fish? And all of a sudden it dawned on me that what I was really thinking of was no fish at all, but it was a manatee. I think I looked like a manatee. And for some reason, the thought that I looked like a manatee made me laugh, but I was about three feet under the water. And then I started laughing and then I started coughing up water and choking. And then I had to get myself to the side of the pool. And I learned a couple things. First of all, don't compare yourself to others. Secondly, don't compare yourself to a manatee when you're underwater. It was just too funny. But one of the things I'm most grateful for is that the Lord has given me a good sense of humor about myself that I don't take myself too seriously. Boy, it's easy to compare ourselves to others, or it's easy to worry about what other people think, and boy, I'm not immune to that, that's for sure. But if we don't take ourselves too seriously, I think that's what uh, keeps life interesting and makes life a lot of fun. And uh, I really appreciated having that perspective, and uh, as soon as I got done with that experience, it was so embarrassing, as I'm coughing and wheezing, and Michael Phelps in the lane next to me is paddling his guts out. I just thought I had to share that with you, because that is what is happening this week in my latter-day life. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in, and again, my thanks to my friend Bryce Randall for sharing his story with us. Again, folks, we'd love to hear your questions, comments, thoughts, or otherwise. Anything for a guest, anything for me, any questions you've got for any one of us at all, love to hear it. I can be reached at sean at latterdaylives.com. That's S-H-A-W-N at latterdaylives.com. Or we're all over social media. Hey, if you love the show and you listen to it, if you could share it with a friend, because guess what? We have had another record month. 
We keep growing in leaps and bounds, and that's all thanks to you, our listeners, our friends out there. So thank you so much, and please keep it going. We want to keep this growing. We can keep getting great guests like Bryce, and next week we're going to have another fantastic show just for you. So until then, my friends, please remember, as always, there is a great big beautiful world out there. So go be in it, just not of it. Thanks for listening.